<laughs> what up, Ela Kleiners? And welcome to another H3 podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by MeUndies, NatureBox, H3H3Shop.com, and Twitch subscribers like you. Thank you for supporting the show, everybody. <laughs> another great little announcement. I'm very excited. H3 Podcast is now available on Spotify. That's pretty awesome. You know, we've been we've been really waiting to get on Spotify. A lot of people have been asking. So just search H3 Podcast and it should pop right up in there for you. So, you know, enjoy it anywhere you be. Yeah, be. Everywhere, anywhere <laughs> you be, we be there right with you. <laughs> now, today's guest is someone that I've known very closely for over 10 years. She's a close personal friend and some would even say oh, my wife. <laughs> Technically, that would be true. Some would say. <laughs> and spiritually, also true. She's my best friend. She's my business partner. And she's my better half. Bow in the house. <laughs> and she's bow in the house. She's in the house. It sounded like that. Is my best friend. Is <laughs> my helper. My son, Bo. <laughs> Um, we thought it'd be interesting. Look, we've, we interview all these, these, uh, interesting, prolific characters. Well, we've got one right here that we all want to know more about. <laughs> Ela Klein's one of the most interesting people on the internet. So we thought, Hey, I thought let's, let's put her in the seat. Ela's not like, Hey, let's interview me. <laughs> that was my idea. Well, anyway, she's really come out of her shell lately. And what up, big pimps? <laughs> she's gone back to the show. <laughs> she's back in the show. <laughs> I've been nervous the whole week about this. It's it it is stressful, and I appreciate <laughs> you coming out because you are naturally a very shy person. I don't know why it's nervous to think of me as the guest, like because usually I'm like the second. You're chilling on the yeah, sideline. I'm chilling. Well, you do. Uh, you have. There was this one great moment in Curb Your Enthusiasm that I think you really identified. Mm-hmm. What was it, Larry said? identify with everything on curb <laughs> but um <laughs> he was talking about how when he has something during the week like a meeting or a doctor or whatever it ruins the whole week for him because <laughs> he knows that he has to think about that one thing that he has to do right like that <laughs> yeah I, I relate to that but i think you relate more <laughs> that's why i love it. you're the best well, let's start from the top here i want to talk about some current events with you all right now, everybody's probably aware of all of this business happening. First, Harvey Weinstein, this guy, he looks like Shrek, if I'm being honest, like a, like a yeah, real version of Shrek. He looks pretty scary. Yeah, he's a... And now, like, nobody cared about Harvey Weinstein because he's just some soulless movie executive. And they're like, oh, he raped a bunch of people? Not surprised. But now it came out that Louis C.K. was someone that I know you care deeply about, mm-hmm. has been jerking off... <laughs> This is his thing. He's been jerking off in front of of uh, girls. It's so weird. So, how do you feel about all that? I I felt really sad, like yesterday, especially when the whole story like officially came out. Mm. I don't know. It's just sad. Uh, for some reason, with someone like Harvey Weinstein, I don't care as much. Yeah, it's it's sad in a different way. Just sad that it, it happens. Happened. Yeah. But with Louis, I kind of feel like he died yesterday. Kind of feel like I'm not gonna see him anymore. Like, <laughs> damn, that's true in a way. I'm sure. It's just weird. What's he gonna write up? He's gonna write a shtick about how oh, showed girls my pe- my dick, huh? 
you can't do that. You can't. And his jokes are always kind of like that. Like <coughs> everyone was talking about how he has a lot of jokes. So like men are so gross. How women? How do women even get close to men because they're like the number one threat? But obviously, when he says it, it's funny. Right. But now it's gonna be weird. How, does it surprise you? The these things coming out because it's like a land. It's like a waterfall, a landfall. I wasn't surprised at first. I feel like every woman, in a way, goes through something of that sort, mm. which is crazy. But I think almost all women that I met and we talk about it are, like, not surprised. Mm. But it's it's been so many stories all of a sudden at once that right. I am becoming surprised. And then with, with Louie, I was surprised. I didn't see that happening. Not Louie. It, yeah. it was, like, not Louie. Like, anyone but Louie. But he... He did. He did write like his statement about it, right? Which was pretty good, I thought. And I just feel bad for him now. Do you want to read it? I have it available. I mean, it's kind of long, but essentially, he was like, "It's kind of long. People can read it, but he's, you can tell he's really yeah hurting now from understanding maybe what he's done. Maybe before he didn't understand." He said in his apology, he justified it by saying, well, I asked girls first if I could show them my dick. Yeah. But, but he, he acknowledges, like... The situation is much more complicated than that. Yeah. So even if you say yes at the moment, as the lady, even if she said yes at the moment, I think the situation is so surreal. You're, like, with one of your idols. Right. And you're thinking at the moment, this is weird, but I don't know what to do. So you say yes. But later, not you, even expecting him to yeah, necessarily even. You think strip maybe he's naked. kidding or something. Yeah. But later, you can think about it and be like, "That was really fucked up." So. <laughs> right. And I think the way he did it specifically because. It's it's one thing to go on a date and be like, "Hey, I've got a weird thing. Can I? I want to jerk off in front of you." But this was like, he just got off stage, and they were coming about to do a set or something like in a professional environment. It's weird. Weird is. <laughs> do you think that he was gonna get away with it after doing this for so long? And it's so weird and brazen. Like, how do you? I think he could, but uh, Harvey Weinstein. This is a weird timing right now, mm. and like Kevin Spacey is now. That one shocked me too. I, the way I see it is like this guy's, like, <coughs> that's it. They're done. You're not gonna see anything with these guys anymore. Maybe yeah. for like twenty years. Maybe in twenty years he can come back and be like, <coughs> remember when I was a gross. Guy who jerked in front of people. <laughs> right. Big laughter, lots of applause. <laughs> He's so brave. Uh, <coughs> it's crazy, man. Yeah. Well, rest in peace, Louie. It was fun while it lasted. I mean, I, I just, it's it's just a shitty situation. I feel bad for both sides. Obviously, he did something disgusting that he shouldn't have done. But, you know, like... The fact that he put out a good statement, I'm not saying that that's it, we can forgive him. Sure. But it made me feel bad for him, too. You know? <laughs> I feel agree. bad for everyone. It's important, because when you look at how Kevin Spacey, for example, responded... That, he, was, that was lame. He's like, sorry, I was drunk, and anyway, and I'm, I'm gay. gay. <laughs> Are you like, oh, okay, yeah, gays do that, yeah. yeah. That totally explains that. We all, we all play around with 14-year-olds when we're drunk, don't we? Yeah, but it's isn't it kind of... That was one of the weirdest apologies ever. Yeah. Like, my God, dude. Um, but Louis, he really seems to be grappling with this new image of himself. Because he's not, he's different now. 
-hmm. His life, his image, his career, it's all undergone an immediate paradigm shift. Yeah. And he's grappling with that. And And he had so many things coming out and it's all canceled now. Yeah. A movie that this company put in five million in that movie for him and they're like, they're apparently not a big company. So it was a big (sighs) investment for them. That's awful. And he had a Netflix special planned that's going to be canceled. A bunch of stuff. I saw this meme on Reddit that was written as like a perfect Louis C.K. joke that he would say if it was about someone else. He was like, um, it's a shame that the greatest uh, comedian of our generation is going down in his prime. But maybe, maybe you shouldn't show your penis to a bunch of uh, girls backstage without their consent. Yeah. Obviously, his delivery is much better. Yeah. But I feel like he could deliver that joke very well. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's get off this shit. <sighs> Yikes. <laughs> what? Okay, let's start from the top here in, in terms of, of uh, who you are. You're Israeli. I think most people know that by now. What's it like growing up in Israel? Like, I mean, us Americans, do we take shit for granted? Um, it's a, it's like a very general question. Uh, yes, a little bit <laughs> about what you said about Americans. Mm-hmm. I feel like since I moved here, especially in California, it's kind of like utopian society. And, um, so I can kind of see why there's like this whole arguments between white privilege and people feeling guilty. And so they're trying to like correct things way too much, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, growing up in Israel is very different than here. But it's also <coughs> kind of the same. Also it's kind funny. of the same. Yeah. Well, is it is it awful in Israel? I feel like a lot of people think it's awful there. And a lot of no. people think people are just riding around in camels and shit. Yeah, that's not thing right um it's kind of like here like you watch the same shows on tv the same movies you go to theaters you have a job you go to school you drive your car not not camels you don't (laughs) um when you finish high school you go to the army that's different than here that's a huge difference and then when you're done with the army then you go to college so you kind of (coughs) like everything takes a little longer than Mm. it does here interesting um, what are the big differences beyond that between Israel and the United States? I think the mentality of people is very different mm. here and there. Um, and obviously the security situation, not, right. not being under a threat here. is It just causes so much like, you know, in a, as a result of it that it's just so different like in israel there's always that threat over your head Mm. but you you just grow up like that so you're not thinking about it's just what it is Mm -hmm. so when i'm here i can see i can see how different it is like what what threat specifically is it that you're the israelis think about um for example, growing up, like, uh, if I wanted to go out or to go to a mall, my dad would be like, don't go. There's a lot of people there. Hmm. Like, if you go to a crowded place, it's a it's a, it's a threat. It's a dangerous spot because there could be a suicide right. bomb there or it's like a, what do you call it? It's an attraction for a terror attack. <laughs> right. It's when you're in a crowd in Israel, you actually think like, yeah, this is, <clears throat> this could be a little bit risky. Yeah. For me personally, 
That's interesting because it, a lot of people in the USA sometimes tend to think like shit's not safe <clears throat> here because they're afraid of immigrants or yeah, that's pretty weird people with to guns me. or you know. It's pretty strange. Although lately, the the all the gun stuff is kind of kind of going in that direction. It's still very far. Like per the capita, USA is huge. Yeah, huge. Israel is tiny. Yeah. Um. So, but in Israel, yeah, there's always like some kind of a. There's always a new type of attack that's happening, mm. and then that that happens for a while until Israel figures a way to like prevent it. So when I was growing up, there was a lot of uh, suicide bombs. Like in cafes and buses yeah. and stuff like that. And then, like, recently it was a stabbing. Like, you could just be waiting for a bus and then someone will just come and stab you mm. on the street. And so that's... it's. But Israel is really crazy. They figure out ways to prevent this stuff. Like, the stabbing was happening for a few months and now it doesn't really happen so much. And I don't even know how, yeah. but they <laughs> have, they, like, their secret ways. <coughs> Say what you will about the Israelis, man, but those guys are fucking innovative. Yeah. They f they're figure shit out there, man. But pe people who would like to criticize the army in Israel need to understand that it's a daily threat, that needs, something needs to happen about it. It's not like we <coughs> have a choice. Do you, do you find it ironic when it, that, like, there's these... When you talk about privilege, let's talk about someone who's going to UC Berkeley, paid by their parents, two hundred thousand yeah. dollar tuition on campus protesting Israel. Do you find yeah. that ironic? I do. When I lived in Israel, I used to criticize Israel a lot. Yeah, like, me too, as an actually. Israeli, yeah, and the army and a lot of stuff. But when I kind of when I when we moved here and I started to go on Reddit and stuff like that, mm -hmm. and just being more aware of like the online. Criticism that and there's it's so, not just online, there, but it's, it's not just online. Yeah. yeah, I just became more aware of like the criticism here of Israel and in general around the world, <coughs> and it's really, I I personally think it's so ironic. I, it's just like I don't know. It's kids sitting here in like beautiful California criticizing. It, like you don't even know what you're talking about. Right. Yeah. Totally. And, and I mean, it's it's easy. <laughs> to reduce it's funny because like you said when you're in israel you're super critical yeah. of the government you're like dude you're expanding in the west bank that's bullshit you know the government is turning off water and gaza doing weird shit to control uh make land grabs and stuff yeah. and that kind of stuff is like yo what are you guys doing mm -hmm. but when you come to israel and then you, you what you hear is people criticizing national security and saying calling israel like apartheid that they shouldn't have fences or that israel should be you mean when you come here and you're here? <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. Like less, let's say, less specific criticism, a more general, like they build a wall and they and Israel should be a one state with Palestinians and Israel's all living yeah. together. They should reduce the borders and remove the gate. That that to me seems like super ignorant. It is because when I grew up, I couldn't really take a bus. I was afraid of blowing up. Right. And now it doesn't really happen. So the wall did help. So should we can not have explain, a wall? Can you explain about the wall for people who don't know about it? I don't know like, <coughs> how to explain well, it's, it. Well, I guess it's simply just, it's like... It was built to prevent this yeah. attacks. And there's still a lot of other ways. There's tunnels and, you know... Yeah, rockets. Yeah. But when we... When Ela was a kid, 
there was no wall around greater Israel that blocked out the West Bank and Gaza. And it was like, for, I remember in the newspaper when you were growing up, there was almost daily, right? Not Suicide daily, bombs, but weekly. it was happening a lot and it was terrifying, yeah. On In cafes and um, shopping malls and buses. Mm-hmm. And it was just like a, a slaughter. It was just a slaughter. And so they're like, oh, let's build a fucking wall then. And, and lo and behold, no more suicide bombs. And my whole time there, my whole five years living there, there was like there was one, one failed, attempt, shitty yeah. attempt. Mm-hmm. Actually, it wasn't even a suicide bomb. Someone threw a bomb at a bus yeah. from the outside and it didn't kill anyone. So, I don't know. It's like at a certain point, you do, you know, you ha- does it I justify, think, like, like I- how, do, how do you... How do you think about the Gazans who are on the other side of the wall now, who are, like, cut off from family members, who have to go through checkpoints and come to Israel? You know, it's I like— I mean, the whole, you... the whole thing is shitty. The whole situation there is shitty, right. no matter how you look at it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I—it's <coughs> like you just—I don't know. I was just born there. So there's a lot of people who are just born there, and— they need to be able to live their life, right? Sure. And Israel totally. was made for that purpose because they were being chased in all the other countries where they came from. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's obviously super complicated. I'm not, I don't think I'm qualified to like talk about this stuff in actual detail and what are, what is the solution? I have no idea. Yeah. I think that's honestly one of the best answers though. Because everybody likes to act like in fucking 1957, some air, some Jew threw a stick at an Arab, or I don't know. But it's like, it's way too complicated for one person to actually have a really good opinion about it. Yeah. And it's so confusing, too, that even if you do, it's like, how do you even, how do you even break that down? But I, but I will say, it's more it's more complicated than like the people who just hate Israel for everything they stand yeah, for. Yeah, that's give the, to. that's my main point. <coughs> I I would criticize Israel for a lot of stuff, but just to the way people like to criticize it is as if it was just black or white. Like it's just not. <clears throat> Do you you served in the military? Do, and your whole family served in the military, right? Mm-hmm. What did uh, how was your experience? in the military um it was okay <laughs> uh i i didn't do anything like i wasn't like a combative role yeah you weren't a fighter i wasn't a fighter so i didn't have anything like crazy mm. to tell but um i don't know it's kind of like a it's kind of like a mandatory job that you have to go to <laughs> and you don't get paid for yeah. Someone said, is it like a forced vacation? No. No. It's more like a forced job. <laughs> forced job. Because you, what What did you do? What was your role in the military? Um, at first, I was given a role that was like in an office uh, somewhat close to my house in Tel Aviv. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like going to a day job in an office. Mm. Um. It happened right after there was some kind of a second war in, where was it, in Gaza? I remember that, yeah. There was some sort of a small war. Yeah. 
when I was there. And um, so my job was to like, when they send officers or like people to go serve, I had to like logistically help with like their hotel or mm. a room, okay. things like that. But it was all on the computer. It just felt like some computer thing. Right. Okay. So like, secretary. Yeah. Interesting. And it was super boring and I really hated it. Because it was just like I had to take an, a bus super early, mm. go there, spend the whole day, go back home. I hated it. So I tried to change my role. And um, it was something like you can apply for it and it's a form that you fill out and then they're going to give you something else completely random. Different no position. Mm -hmm. Different post. Yeah. Different location. So I decided to do that, and if I don't like the second one, then I'll just find a way to get out of the army. It was I, that bad. Yeah, I just didn't. I hated everything about it. Didn't oh. want to do it. Um, you just because if you're doing something that it felt like I wasn't doing anything, like I was just wasting my life. Yeah. It could get really frustrating. I don't know. Right. And you got to do it for two years. Right. So I tried, I filled out that form and I tried it and then I somehow ended up in a better place that I liked mm. a lot more. Mm -hmm. um, <coughs> before it was a daily thing where you go back home every day and the new one was in a way that was a, a base that was far from my house. Mm. So you go there for the whole week and then you come back for the weekend. So you preferred that? Were you gone for a whole week? I did. It Interesting, was, Why? It was kind of like just more of an adventure, more huh. of a different experience that I preferred than to just go to a boring job, sit on the computer and go back home at the end of every day. I don't know. Were you doing secretary work there? So, yeah, I was the secretary of the head of the, um, there's like a, I don't know the terms in English from the army. Right. He was a translate. officer. So there was a, I was in Duhifat, which is like a, like a brigade, mm -hmm. I guess, that's in charge of the area of Ramallah. Mm -hmm. And that brigade has like a main officer. Mm -hmm. So I was his secretary. Okay. So you were right below the big boy. Mm -hmm. Cool. So it was nice. It was interesting. Mm. Um, it was more demanding in a way. But also <coughs> kind of more rewarding because you're put in this weird situation hmm. where you're like, you don't, you're away from your house. You have this new group of people that you have to get along with. Hmm. And I, it's hard to explain, but for some reason it was more interesting. Hmm. I enjoyed it more. You told me once you went on like a mission with them mm -hmm. to like a terrorist city. Yeah. That was kind of a crazy story. Yeah. The, so the, my officers and like the the soldiers in that brigade, um, they would go every night on a raid, right, in Ramallah to to arrest terrorists. And um, so I always saw them preparing for it and leaving, and then I I would stay in the base. Mm. So one time I wanted to go with them just to experience it. Why you just were all of a sudden had an urge to go with them? I just wanted to see what it's like. Right. I wanted to see it. Okay. So, um, it, yeah, they took him. They took me with them one night, even though they weren't supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> Did they armor your ass up? Um, 
you're driving in this like jeep that's uh, bulletproof right so i was in the jeep mm-hmm. and then um <coughs> as soon as we entered ramallah the people in the city started shooting us wow and i heard like a bullet here the jeep like right next to my head <laughs> did you did it like dent or just no, you, you just it? hear it it's a gnarly armored jeep mm-hmm. okay and i mean it was just interesting <laughs> they were shoot so someone actually was shooting the car when you went in there mm-hmm. right away yeah huh did you have a gun on you i didn't you're not supposed to leave no yeah not really did- but even if i I mean, I I walked with them to one house. Okay. I did get out of the car once, but but surrounded with them. So. Okay. Did they arrest anyone that night? They did. Did they bring it in the same car with you? No. Oh, different you go, car. There's a few cars going. Damn, that's crazy. Was it like how did you feel? Was it horrifying? It was strange. Very, <coughs> very weird. How so? Like how so? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Just you see people in their house, and then it's like the soldiers go just walk into their house and look through their shit and find guns, and <laughs> the whole thing is really surreal. They just <clears throat> do they knock or they just like kick down a door and charge in? I didn't really see that whole. Mm. I don't know exactly how that was. Does it feel like a normal neighborhood? Or does it feel like, oh, this is scary? No, it actually looked like a nice city. That's strange. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean, from their perspective, well, it's so complicated. Yeah. From their perspective, it's like, fuck these guys. But they go specifically to people who they know are terrorists, mm-hmm. and they have history of that <clears> stuff, <throat> and they know they have guns. Right. <laughs> Even like, if that's true, it's hard if you're that guy's neighbor not to be like, I hate. Yeah. These fucks. Mm-hmm. And I'm scared of them coming to my house someday, even though I'm not a terrorist. Yeah. It's a lot of responsibility. Whew, that shit's heavy. Did any of your family members, I mean, all your family members served in the military. Do any of them have crazy stories or crazy shit that happened to them? Yeah, they had crazier stuff than me. What, what does anything come to your mind? I I wouldn't know, but I mean, both my brothers were did pretty serious stuff uh moses was uh he was um learning to become a pilot mm. so the training for that alone is like the most insane training mm. that there is right and my other brother um he was in tanks mm. so they also had i'm sure he had a lot of stories i don't know them though <laughs> that shit's great yeah they probably have insane stories Every Israeli I've spoken to who served has, like, really disturbing, crazy shit. I know that one story about your brother. He was a security guard at the embassy. Mm-hmm. And at the same time... There was a suicide bomb <coughs> right next to it. There's this American diner. What do you call it? Oh, the... Mike's Place? A bar. Yeah, bar. It's like a restaurant bar. And it's right next to the U.S. Embassy in this really touristy place. And Elo's brother... Am I saying it right? He was on post at the embassy. Yeah. I don't remember if it was at Mike's place, though. I know that Mike's place was bombed. Yeah, but I think that was a separate time. Oh, okay. Everybody gets it back in that. Anyway, there was, like, this awful suicide bomb in some place right next door to the embassy, and he was standing right fucking, like, 10 feet away. Mm -hmm. 
and he's not allowed to leave his post. And it's probably, especially at a time like that, you got to stand guard. So he was stuck standing there, right? I don't remember exactly the story. Oh, okay. But <laughs> anyway, everyone's got stories from that from that era. Yeah, it's all twisted up, dude. Um, <laughs> are there lessons, disciplines, is things that you learned, you know, that you retained from that period in your life? How did it change you going through that? Mm, not sure that it changed me. Hmm. Um, I think uh, the biggest thing is just like being put in a place with a group of people that maybe in normal life you wouldn't necessarily become friends with. Mm. But in this situation, you just become friends with them and they become your family. Mm. So that aspect of it was interesting. Mm. Uh, but, I mean, I don't know. It was just some bullshit job for you for two years. In a way. Okay. All right, well... Got that. Uh, we got the military shit. Some pretty heavy duty stuff. Uh, we'll take a quick thank you to our sponsors. Up next, we've got so much great stuff to talk about. Guys, don't go away. Stay tuned. And thank you to our sponsor, Me Undies. Me Undies makes undies your butt will be proud to wear. <laughs> wow. And check this out. We're not the only ones that love Me Undies. Listen to what our longtime listener, Me Undies enthusiast, Christian, had to say. Uh, this is a note from a good fan of ours, Ryan Childler, that, that wrote a very fine comment about this MeUndies. He said, when I first heard Ethan read a MeUndies ad, I thought he was an Irish person trying to say, MeUndies. They sound Irish there. MeUndies. Maybe there. MeUndies. <laughs> However, after reading many online reviews about how soft and comfortable they were, I decided to finally pull the trigger because I wanted a pair of those life-changing undies. When I slipped on my first glorious pair of MeUndies, I felt like the clouds parted in the sky and a beam of light was illuminated right up my ass. <laughs> Again, he says, he said rear end, but I think that let's, let's not mince words. There was a beam of light shining in and out of his ass. It was glorious. They were so comfortable that I knew that the world was never going to be the same. Because of MeUndies, my ass is a whole lot happier. To Ethan and Neela, thank you for doing such a great job and for always sharing your sick memes with listeners like myself. Well, thank you so wow. much, Ryan. Appreciate you. And thanks for supporting <laughs> the show and putting on those life light-beaming, life-changing undies. Listen, my friends, your ass, your quality of life going on and your ass can change now, forever, like it did to young Ryan. Get 20% off the best and softest underwear and socks you will ever own. Free shipping and a 100% ass satisfaction guaranteed. Go to MeUndies.com slash H3. That is MeUndies.com slash H3. Hila, what are we working with here? Hila's falling off the desk. She's, she's, MeUndies has got her falling all over the place. Here. I wanted to show this one. Yeah, this one of their new so designs, cool. I guess. What is it? Fruit Loops? It's like milk and yeah. cereal. It's oh really my god, cool. my 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 crotch area already feels like a swamp and now I can get a visual representation <laughs> of it too. But with these, <laughs> let me tell you. Less swampy. <laughs> Thanks me undies, appreciate you. Up next, thank you to a Nature Box. 
Listen, we all want to eat better. But when it comes to snacks, sometimes it feels like it's all delicious and a billion calories versus boring and tasteless. There's got to be something in between. And guess what? There's something way beyond the middle into the I can't believe it's not true because it's so good. <laughs> Talking about Nature Box, okay? Because these guys make delicious snacks that are also healthy. NatureBox has over 100 snacks that taste good and are actually better for you. They're all made from high-quality, simple ingredients, which means no artificial colors, flavors, or sweeteners. I get out of breath easily. <laughs> so should I be concerned about that? Well, maybe we'll talk about that later, but I'll tell you what does help. NatureBox snacks. <laughs> so you can feel good about what you're eating. My favorite, cashew coconut. I'm a cashew boy. My favorites are the cashew coconuts. The sriracha cashews, I actually, I have a lot of favorites. The the cheddar lentil loops, and let me tell you what else: the medley, sweet and, uh, sweet and salty nuts. A medley. Uh -huh. It's like when you have a, um, you know, like these old timey. They stand on the street corner and they sing words. No. They they sing. It's like a whole thing. It's like that, but with snacks. I have no idea what you're talking. About. You know, like mbop. <laughs> Motown yeah. shit. Beautiful voices. Symphonies. Okay. That's what is happening with the nuts. They, okay. It's a medley. I've never seen that on the street, though. Really? You gotta get out more. <laughs> it's a whole medley of nuts. Sweet and sour. My God. Listen, you're sure to find your new snack obsession at NatureBox. They add new snacks every month inspired by real customer feedback, the latest food trends, and professional chefs. It's so simple. Just go to NatureBox.com. Choose the snacks you want, and NatureBox will deliver them right to your door, ladies and gentlemen. And there's no risk. Have you ever tried a snack you don't like? Guess what? Don't eat it. They'll replace it for free. My God. That's, that's genuine right there. And, there, you know, listen. Right now, NatureBox is offering H3 fans 50% off their first order. Go to naturebox.com slash h3. That's naturebox.com slash h3 to get 50% off Very cool. your first order of some of the bombest snacks in the world. You can eat them and you don't have to feel bad because it's a joy and it's a privilege to get medley nuts like they make. <laughs> right? Nuts like this, they don't come around often. So go to naturebox.com slash h3. Thank you so much. And finally, we are sponsored by... Oh my God, who is this? H3H3shop.com. <laughs> That's us. Healy, you want to show? Yes. We've got this vintage limited edition vape niche hoodie. Always rep your niche, ladies and gentlemen. Always. And for our podcast listeners, we are doing a little bit of a Black Friday special. <laughs> rep your niche with a special. Damn, boy, that is hardcore. Code H3 for 30% off. Go to H3H3shop.com and use code H3 at checkout for 30% off anything in the store. Appreciate you guys so much. If you are in the market for some snacks or some underwear. underwear or socks or all the great stuff they make, please, by all means, support our sponsors because they support us. They make this possible. Thank you so much. And now we will get back with, uh, <laughs> she's right here, Ela, Ela Kleiner for life. Welcome back to the H3 Podcast Live. Ela Kleiner's mount the fuck up. What up? What up? So um, we figured out 
the whole Israel thing. <laughs> we figured it out. It's all settled now. How and people were wondering this on the subreddit. They were putting down, down questions for you. Um, how what could a guy like me convince a girl like you to move to America? Okay. Um, in Israel. Hold on one sec, Dan. You're coming through the speaker. Sorry, God. In Israel, when people finish the army, usually uh, a lot of people would want to go somewhere to do like a big trip mm. for like a few months mm-hmm. to like clear your head before you're going to go into whatever is next in your life. Right. So I kind of, I finished my army and it was kind of like a good timing to do that. <laughs> it was convenient timing for me. Yeah. I got you at the perfect time. Otherwise, no chance. Well, we, whatever, <laughs> no, but, um, it was just, it kind of made sense. All I right. wanted to do a trip anyway. Right. Um, I don't know if I would have done it to the States necessarily, but hmm. that kind of like just well worked out was at the moment. Was there somewhere else you were thinking of traveling? Mm, a lot of people will go to India or South America for some reason. It's just cheaper. It's Australia. Close. Yeah. It's weird. There's like this whole pilgrimage of Israelis when they finish the army. When mm-hmm. you go to places like Thailand and India, it's just like yeah. it's like the natives there speak Hebrew. They do. There's oh, so really many. Funny. It's, it's like, like what? Makoway. <laughs> yeah, Makoway <laughs> Motek. <laughs> Hello, sweetie. That's all I know. <laughs> Hello, sweetie. Do you want to watch me masturbate? Makoway, <laughs> sweetie. Maybe not there. Let's not go there. Well, um, how did you handle? Well, okay, so. The story is, I mean, everyone knows the story by now, but you moved to, to America, in mm-hmm. essence, to live with me. How did your, I'm curious, how did your family handle that? Did they think you were in, totally insane to be like, I'm moving in with this American mm-hmm. guy? Yeah, they weren't happy. Um, my dad didn't want me to go. And, yeah, they they didn't, they disapproved of <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, I remember you having some pretty gnarly. Yeah, but I just, it felt like the right thing for me to do. Mm-hmm. And I just knew I wasn't going to be happy not doing it. Right. So I just did it. I've always said about you, you don't, you don't have like an Israeli soul. And you have yeah. like an American soul. Does that make sense? I do... I do like it here because I think what you mean by that is the the mentality difference. I think you're um, just more... Uh, in Israel, people are like kind of intense. They're like in your face all mm, the time. Mm-hmm. Whenever we work with Israelis here in the States, like I get a little flashback to what it's like there because they're so like... They'll <coughs> immediately ask you super personal questions right. and they're like, as if it's like I'm talking to my uncle or something, like right. a guy I never met. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I like here how people kind of give each other th- their space. Mm, that's like, very true. You can live in your bubble. No one's going to question anything. Mm. Just, you can be like... You can shake your dick here. Yeah. In short. <laughs> um, but I feel like you are always very uh, motivated. You're, you always aspired for something bigger, a bigger life than what a lot. A lot of Israelis are just like, I'm going to have a kid. Mm-hmm. I'm going to work at uh, Supersol. 
whatever. And that's it. That's it. And it's, that's fine if that's, Mm -hmm. you're satisfied living like that. But I don't feel like that was ever in the cards for you. It is kind of like the ideal there. Like all the parents, you know, they want you to get married, have kids. Right. That's, you made it. Buy a house. You made it. it. Yeah. A house and a family. Yeah. That's like, that's all anyone could dream for. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, in a way, that's true to an extent here, but there's more here. Yeah, there's more. People want more. I want that, but I want to do more before I get into that. Right. You know? It's the American dream. Here. Yeah. Yeah. You had the American dream in Israel. I guess. It's It's weird. I never, like, thought about it. But I guess I had that inside of me, but (laughs) I never thought, like, oh, the American dream, I want to pull and... That's not the American. The American dream is like, I guess, making more of yourself, mm-hmm. becoming bigger and better version of, of yeah. dreaming to, to, you know, transform into something better and yeah. bigger. I think it was somewhere inside of me, but not something I was constantly thinking about. Mm-hmm. Here's a question from Dino. I, some of these questions I'm just going to completely paraphrase because I feel like it's weird for me to ask it. So this one is Dino Z- Zahiro. From the subreddit, he says, "How did it feel? How did it feel meeting Ethan for the first time? We always hear Ethan's side of the story, but I want to know what your initial reaction to meeting him was. Because I'm, because <laughs> you know, I've told the story a thousand times. So from your perspective, mm. how does it line up? What do you remember? <laughs> um, I remember that <laughs> Ethan was very nice. Wow." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, we just, for some reason, we were, like, in the same, like, we just connected on, like, (coughs) some kind of basic level. We were Mm. just, like, on the same page, it felt like. And Ethan was very sweet. (laughs) Got him. (laughs) I don't know, it was just nice, and we just... Did I show you my dick? No. (laughs) Got him twice. (laughs) But... It, it was just weird. We just, like, we had this week together in the in Birthright, the trip. Yeah. And we just enjoyed spending that time together on, like, a friendship mm-hmm. level. It's just fun. Got drunk. That's true. We did drink a lot. <laughs> but, like, and how did the, how did you perceive the language barrier? Because I know it was pretty difficult for us to communicate back yeah. then. So weird. Think about it. Yeah. But I, I guess it felt like we were still able to communicate somehow. Yeah, yeah we found a way. <laughs> found it. Okay, it lines up. See? <laughs> it's none of this like, oh, this, so this fat fucking <laughs> American showed me his dick. You locked me in a room and <laughs> he said, he, follow me on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually an interesting detail. Yeah, I never, I didn't even know what Facebook was. This is a long time ago, Before ladies and gentlemen. Before birth, right? And when it, when it ended, everyone wanted to stay in touch. So all these Americans were like, get Facebook. Let's stay in touch on Facebook. And you guys were all like, what is Facebook? <laughs> How weird is that, huh? And now every... Uh, now every Israeli... Every orphan, every like man, woman, and child on this planet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Crazy. Um... Do your friends and family back in Israel understand the level of of success that you've achieved with or mm. do they or is it just a complete different language to them? Yeah, it's mostly like I have this three 
um, childhood friends mm-hmm. that every time I go to Israel, we meet. Yeah. And it's really funny. They have no idea what we're doing or... One of them, Mayan, she kind of follows, she kind of knows, mm-hmm. and she she like, she like knew that we passed 5 million subscribers. Oh, okay. So she told me congrats. That's cool. For example. Right. But the other two like have no idea what we do. And every time we meet, it's like the same things. They're like, so how, what are you doing? How are you doing okay? And are you working? Are you guys struggling? Yeah. And <laughs> I'm trying to be like, no, we're doing like... Very good. <laughs> and it's We're doing very well. <laughs> it's weird to like, try to explain it. I don't know. Yeah. We, I I try. Sometimes I've showed them a few videos. But it probably that, just And they'll looks, be like, that's cute. Yeah, yeah. And move on. Yeah, I hate, I hate showing my videos to people, <laughs> especially when they really don't get it or care. <laughs> like, what do you do? Here, here's my husband in underwear yelling. At a monitor. They're like, oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are doing really well. You're right. So you're looking for a real job? Yeah. And so it's like. <laughs> yeah. So do you have any, do you have a second job or? Um, my parents started <laughs> following though. That they, was a crazy development. Yeah. Like my dad apparently shares everything you post on Facebook. Like, That's I didn't even incredible. know. For a while, I didn't even know. My friend told me and about it. You unfollowed your dad on Facebook, right? Yeah. You committed the cardinal sin. Uh, there was a long time ago, we made one of our first videos, and I posted it on Facebook, and my dad saw it and got super mad. <laughs> what was it? <laughs> the shake your dick. <laughs> of all the fucking videos we've ever made, <laughs> back in the day, we made this parody of uh, shake, what was it, shake that ass? But, uh, yeah. Shake that thing. Yeah. By Sean Paul, shake that thing. <laughs> so, come on, come on. So we made this parody called shake that dick. <laughs> And there's shows a lot of close-ups of my dick shaking, like you know, under the pants. Under the pants, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would never in my wildest dreams. It is think a pretty me, embarrassing video nowadays. Yeah, it's awful. I removed it. It's, it's just <laughs> but awful. my dad got super mad, like way too much. So, what did he say? Well, you know what he said. He said, "If you if you guys keep making videos, I'm gonna denounce Ethan, and he can't walk into our house." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, look, dude. <laughs> so That's pretty I, un- I unfriended <laughs> my dad and I was like, okay, so we don't need to be don't... friends on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that was a few years ago. And then we became pretty successful and our videos got kind of better. You yeah, I'm say. sure they got better. But I had no idea that he was all sharing time. all of our stuff. <laughs> Now he's the biggest fan. Yeah. I got to make a shake that dick <laughs> part two just to see how he reacts now. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I could, yeah, your dad has been, he's been great. <laughs> he, um, well, what happened with the sandals? I remember that. I don't remember what happened with that. Um, you decided that you only wear socks and sandals one day. As all reason. responsible adults. Hardworking, mature and adults. It's not too. the regular sandals, the flip flops, like the one that goes into your toe. I don't socks. see. I don't see there that distinction is important. There's a difference. Okay, all right. <laughs> Apparently, your dad agreed. <laughs> so, <laughs> we used to go to my parents every Friday because in Israel it's like a Friday meal. It's like a big family. Shabbat. Yeah, it's a family event, and Ethan would come like that, and my dad got upset. Like. 
took me aside and asked me, can you tell him to stop dressing like that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was it. Was that it? I, for some reason, I remember it more, <laughs> like, uh, powerful. It was no. like, the Ethan, you, if you ever wear socks and sandals to, to our house again on Shabbat, my dad will disown you. That's possibly, he did possibly he say that. He probably said that, didn't yeah. he? He doesn't speak. He, your dad's not the kind of guy to be like, can you please ask Ethan to put on to put on shoes? And here's the thing that I didn't really get about that. Everyone takes their shoes off when they get to the house. So how does he know? If I wore, if I wore $1,000 Gucci dress shoes, after that first second of stepping foot in the house, there would be literally no difference. It's the five minutes of you walking out of the house into the street. And the neighbor seeing you. So it would be <laughs> that's, embarrassing. Oh, that's what it is, isn't it? <laughs> that is what it is. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Well, now he's our biggest fan, so <laughs> shout out. And we actually saw him one day wearing socks and sandals, remember? Oh, Recently. That was like just that was like as good as when Joey Salads was caught faking that <laughs> that uh prank in the hood. When I heard your dad was walking around in socks and sandals, I was just like <laughs> oh, yes, dude, full vindication. <laughs> and your family gave him shit, too, right? Yeah, and my mom was like, what the fuck? <laughs> you told Ethan not to do it. <laughs> what do you say? He laughed. Oh, oh, that was funny, huh? <laughs> I disown you, son-in-law! <laughs> oh, I guess I'll do it. Yeah, he's a great guy. <laughs> Shout out to Yokan. <laughs> Keep wearing those socks and sandals, man. <laughs> Even against your own will, put those on and He slam. doesn't really. He only did it once. <laughs> Someday we're gonna have to put on socks and sandals and just take a stroll together. It's like a peace offering. That'd be great. Eli doesn't want to see that. It's too embarrassing. All right. <laughs> What's it like being a female YouTuber for you? Because it's interesting. We sit next to each other. We make videos together. I'm a man. You're a female. People do react to us differently. Mm -hmm. For example, you're always getting... For example, the first question on the subreddit was, are you pregnant? Yeah. You know? Um, we already have both of our parents pestering us about your pregnancy state. It's so funny. Do you funny. need a million additional people it's asking? It's so funny. My mom, she followed me on Instagram. Right. And she saw, I posted a picture of me with my nephew. Mm -hmm. And all the comments were like, you look so good with him. You guys should have a baby. You're pregnant. Like, when is it? Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. A million co comments about that. Right. And my mom saw that and she was like, now I understand that I don't even need to ask you. Like, you have a million people asking you, because my mom always wants to know yeah. when is it happening. So it was funny. So she had a little bit of moment of... She's like, okay, I'm going to stop. Cause yeah. <laughs> That's pretty considerate. Yeah. <laughs> but being a... Like, and then another one, like, I know when we did the episode with the doc, doc. the yeah. Dr. Disrespect, Everyone was posting clips <clears throat> of Ela yeah. smiling, staring at Doc, and me like, "Get cooked, Ethan." Does that shit yeah. bother you? That one did. I was triggered because it's so dumb, and like, I do that with every guest. I always smile, and I I play with my hair nervously, even when I'm upset. Like it's completely unrelated to, I don't know, finding him. I don't even know how is that related. That's like something from a cartoon. That's not real life. <laughs> you were um, Myron, dude. Ela definitely wants to fuck. Yeah. It was like, insane, though. The, people were the like... whole podcast on the Twitch chat, that was the only thing I saw. Like, everyone <coughs> was talking about how I'm, like, into him, hmm. whatever. 
that's that's something that annoys me that I don't I just don't get it. My thing with that is like I've never seen that response. People were so neurotic about it. They were going to our subreddit and posting like keep posting it. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen people respond to a guest like that. And my thing was like these guys want to fuck him. Right. <laughs> these are the guys who are insecure. They think because I that I was very <laughs> yeah. normal. If that's what you see in me, it's like then maybe you're reflecting something yeah, of I your think, own. I think they all want to fucking. <laughs> they all want dock balls deep on them, which is fine. Yeah, it's God bless them. <laughs> but there's definitely something like deep there about it's their insecurities. Just, it's kind of annoying and it's kind of chauvinistic, I guess, because yeah. it's like. If a girl smiles to a guy, it's like, oh, you are you into you want a date? Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I'm just being nice to you. Do <laughs> you have that a lot with with uh, yeah guys? Yeah, giving you shit, smile more. Do you get that? Yeah, unless, unless I, a... and and it's like it's I w- I don't want to smile because I don't want you to think that I'm mm. start hitting on you. Right, and then it's like, hey, why are you not smiling? It's on both ways you're gonna get criticized. Mm. Interesting. It used to happen to me a lot. And like nowadays, we don't go out so much. We always we stay in the house. At the house, and in LA, there's not much walking to do. You're always Very driving. Yeah. But in other places where we've lived, it would happen to me a lot. Hmm. I seen Elo get. She gets attitude, boy, and I love it. Or someone, <laughs> I'll walk, and someone will be like, "Nice, hey, nice eyes." Oh yeah. And you hey, can. Sweetheart. So if you're like, if you're gonna be nice in response, they think the the next sentence is gonna be like, "Can I have your number?" Right. If you're not nice, it's like, what's wrong with you, bitch? Accept the compliment, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I've seen I've seen that happening to you firsthand. And there's nothing wrong with, like, trying to hit on a girl, but sometimes it's just uncomfortable and you don't want it at every turn. <coughs> if you're just you walking know? down the street doing yeah. errands, you don't want Or if you're, attention. like, in a taxi with a driver, it's pretty that's, inappropriate. That's bad. So it happens in pretty inappropriate mm. situations a lot. Interesting. Um, more generally, do comments on the internet get to you? Does that mm. shit bother you sometimes? It does. I always try to... Um, I've been through different phases. I feel like lately I'm not so much. Mm. But there was a time when it did. I've, I think I've learned kind of to distance myself from the comments i don't know it goes through phases i agree yeah lately we've made the conscious decision to just like kind of stop for the most part my rule is like i'll read top three comments yeah when you go deep you get you get upset Mm -hmm. (laughs) don't go below the top three you'll feel feel great and you'll have a great day sometimes (laughs) i see ila she's gone beyond the top three i'm like you're in too deep (laughs) bounce out now get out (laughs) telling you and the same thing to me too yeah don't go too deep (laughs) That's our rule. I have we have friends who do YouTube who are like, I read every single comment. That to me isn't isn't I don't know how you could live your life that way. I almost don't believe it. It's like how? It's impossible. Yeah. But not not only not just like the is it physically or time consuming? No, like how I do mean, you handle yeah. that many opinions about you? It's impossible to handle it. It's like you're hearing the thoughts of a million people. It's like uh, there's a superhero like yeah. that. He's out there. You guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the superhero. It's called. It's called I'm, Jim it's Carrey. Ca- 
It's called being a shitty, it's called being a YouTuber. I've got all these voices in my head. I don't have any superpowers, just a bunch of people insulting me online. But I think I'm, I think I don't mind it as much now. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Here's another question from the subreddit that I'll phrase in their voice. Logical Defense says, Hey, Ela, my girlfriend relates a lot to you. We originally started watching you, your Ethan and Ela channel, and it's a huge part of our life. We're speaking as an outsider to your relationship, but it seems that sometimes Ethan's rather large personality can get in the way of expressing your thoughts on stream. With that being said, you and Ethan seem extremely happy with each other, and I'd like to know what you think about this. I'm asking because I tend to be a very social person and find myself, in a sense, steamrolling my girlfriend in social environments. What's your opinion? Like, how do you feel about my personality overshadowing yours sometimes, or maybe me talking over you and stuff? I usually don't mind it because I don't like being in the spotlight anyway. Mm. So if you like, if you're kind of like taking the lead and taking more attention, then I'm cool with it because mm. I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> so usually I feel like there's a balance that I'm okay with. I think I sense that. Yeah. Like sometimes I, I sense that you're relieved for me to finish your, st your statement. And so yeah. I interrupt. But is there ever times where I talk over and you're like, Fuck this guy, dude. Not really with you. Not so much. I think it happens to me sometimes when we'll hang out with people mm. and then there's like three guys talking. Mm. I feel like I can't get a sentence in because mm. everyone's talking loud and... Very assertive. Yeah. You, yeah. But that's something else. Yeah, that's, that's a different thing. Um, shy people problems. <laughs> are you shy? What do you? How would you consider this? Are you a shy person? Are you introvert? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just me, baby. I think I'm shy. I think I think I'm all of the above. But you can also be very assertive. I've seen you yeah. assert yourself well beyond what I would be comfortable with. On yeah. the other hand, you know. It depends on the situation. That's that Israeli side. When I see Elo going like, I'm going to this person's door, and I'm telling them they got a problem, and I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting back on the sidewalk and watch from here. It's like this uh, fuse that, like, if if someone, like, if I get upset, mm. then it's, like, it's a short, <laughs> it, it, there's, like, a little fire, right. <laughs> and it's very short. Right. And then when it, like, it, it goes, right. then I'm, like, this, I, I get upset. This bitch needs to go down. Yeah. Um, if, like, I, if I have a problem with, uh, I don't know, spectrum... <laughs> then I'll I'll call them and I'll be like, get your shit together, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, ooh, you. Are. <laughs> but you, I mean, you look, it works, man. I think you, you like your assertiveness it isn't. It's it not. It depends if I have a mission in my head, mm. or like if it's a shoot, you know, or if we want to get a video done, and we're missing a prop. So it's like, no, I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna yeah. get that prop. Right. I'm gonna find it. Yeah. Um. Interestingly, intuitively, I think you're a great producer and that you're always focused on the task and getting shit done. You're good at managing stuff. And so, like, in terms of a behind-the-scene partner, like, as we're on partners, and I'm like, the talent. <laughs> That's what they call it. I'm not trying to compliment myself. And you're behind the scenes running. Like, you're perfect at that. I think that's the secret to our success is that I am awful at managing my own <laughs> life or anything, for that matter. And so... That's a perfect balance, I think, there. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and short, to, to address this guy's question, 
Talk talk to her, dude. See if it annoys her. Yeah, I for me, I actually don't find it annoying. I sometimes I'm more comfortable that way. I think we're just we spend so much time talking and interacting that like we read each other. Yeah, very well. Yeah, I think Ethan would know if I wanted more attention brought to me. Mm. I think you help me in a way when you know that I don't want it. Mm. Sometimes that comes off as like I see this comment a lot, and it does kind of annoy me sometimes. But it's like whatever. <laughs> They're like, just let Ela talk. Yeah. Stop interrupting Ela, and it's like, <laughs> man, everyone thinks I'm an interrupting asshole. Yeah, I think. It's but I just, do feel like sometimes I'm helping you. Yeah. <laughs> to complete a statement. Man, I'm such a martyr, dude. I'm such a great guy. I take the brunt of all. I take it all just for you, Ela. Kidding. Oh, Elon's even so He's so arrogant. <laughs> Give me a fucking break. <laughs> um, everyone knows by now that Elon Musk is my dream podcast guest. <laughs> so, Elon, I'd like to ask you, who is your dream podcast guest? Um, I I saw that question. And <laughs> you had some time to think about that? I knew, yeah, that that one was coming. I didn't see all the other questions. I had no idea. But for that one, I I did think about it. I think, obviously, Larry David... Oh my God, but that'd be crazy. It'd be like, I don't even know if I want to meet him because I like him too much. I don't want to. What if he got accused? Would that just destroy your There's whole world? There's no way. He didn't have the balls. There's, to Larry David, there's no way. <laughs> um, Larry, don't fuck up. Ela's trusting you, man. I'll bet you like my whole money that he's never wait, done anything like wait, that. Wait, hold on. That's my money. <laughs> Who are you betting? <laughs> no, that bet's off the table. Um, Larry David, and I've, I thought about someone, Louis Thoreau. Love Louis Another, Thoreau. Another, yeah, love wow, him. Wow, that could be possible. Louis's been on Joe Rogan, so he Re- does oh, podcasts. Yeah. I mean, clearly, I'm just saying it's possible. Yeah. Dan, write that down. We're trying to make <laughs> a, a list of our dream guests. Louis Thoreau's got to be at the top. Yeah. If you guys don't know him, Ooh. check him out. He makes, like, the best documentaries. The best. It's, like, not even documentaries, like... Yeah. The, the classical approach to making documentaries is that you don't ever put yourself in the documentary. But his approach is the exact opposite. He just, his personality is like an empty slate. And he's got this super coy and like manipulative, I want to say, intelligently way of, of making people open up. Mm-hmm. And the most, thing, and things that they should, would never ever talk, like they're in therapy with this guy on camera. And he just and he it's goes, just so natural. It just <laughs> happens. Yeah, yeah. It's it's incredible. I've wa- we've watched every single everything he's made. Can't recommend it enough. I'm ready to rewatch it all. Louis, get your ass on the show. <laughs> what would you ask him? See, I don't know. <laughs> like, I same with Larry David and him. Not sure that. Do you just want to hang out? It's kind of scary to meet someone that you really like because yeah. I don't want to ruin it. Like. For example, I really like Stranger Things, mm. and I know that the Finn, one of the actors, he knows us yeah. and he follows us, but we never met him, and I kind of don't want to because I love the show and you I don't want, I don't want to ruin that image that I have in my mind. Have we ever met somebody that we really love, like in turn, like on that level? Uh, not sure. I mean. 
Justin was kind of one, Justin Roiland, where we, Rick and Morty. Yeah. is a great show that we loved and then we met him. But that one was, was like, that one was so weirdly chill where it's just like, yeah. hey, come over. And then we're, we're just like immediately just hit it off. Yeah. Great friends. But the one that I'm, that I'm scared of is like Tim Heidecker. Yeah, that <laughs> he's like oh, been my one of my uh, comedy idols. I mean, he's pretty much the reason why we make YouTube videos. Like he had that big of an influence on me, especially in our early days. And I have a feeling <laughs> he's not the easiest guy to get along with. <laughs> yeah, love him on the podcast, by the way. Dan, add that. <laughs> <laughs> Some consider you a fashion icon, Eula. <laughs> This is weird that this was so high up in the questions, but people want to know, where do you get your slamming mom jeans? <laughs> Thank you. Um, There's a lot of people. Okay. <laughs> uh, most of them, I can say, are from Levi's. Okay. So There you go. There you go. But why can't but they find it? You got to really look through the website. Some, I buy it on, online. Mm. And... You just need to know your size and then you can get whatever you need. But they have a lot of crap there. Like a lot of really shitty looking. Mm. You just got to look through it and find the good one. I can say living with Ela, she puts in a lot of work. It's <laughs> not easy finding perfect mom jeans. Like you order pants every day and send 90% of them back. Not that often. 90, <laughs> you got to make it sound like I... <laughs> no, but like you put in the work. You're studying, yeah. you're looking, you're ordering, you're sending back, you're taking notes. <laughs> it's a lot of work, guys. You think looking this good is easy? No. No, but it's, That's like uh, asking uh, Shakespeare, how do you write a masterpiece? Not quite. It takes a lot of work. Let's start there. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta look, though. I, I'll agree with that, but... <laughs> <laughs> she, she's, you're um, such a great uh, pants looker. I wish. Uh, Not that great. Um, Yeah. Have you always been interested in fashion? I was, actually. Um, When we first met, I was going to try to go into fashion school. I mean, I did try to go into fashion school, but I didn't get in. I got... You got uh uh-uh. Declined. You got declined by the decline. So I ended up waiting a year because there's always, like, this season where you can sign up for school mm. and um the next year i signed up for art and i got in mm. so i ended up studying art <laughs> you being denied by fashion school is kind of the best thing that ever happened possibly because i don't know that you would have ever come and stayed with me yeah that happened in between and also we made we started making youtube videos because i studying i was studying art and I had this mandatory class of video art. Right. And I never made a video before. Right. Never shot video. That was the first time I had to do it. So we did something at home. Yep. And that was how our YouTube videos started. They were all my class assignments. Mm-hmm. I love that. Torturing <laughs> your poor classmates with our... Yeah. But that, that goes to show you. You had to get denied entry to fashion school to own your own fashion company. <laughs> And that will teach you a lesson, kids. Opportunities are around every corner. <laughs> you got to go through the doors available to you. If one gets closed, there's another one open. Keep yeah. slamming. 
Bradbury farms are fertile. You just got to have this will to pick him. <laughs> Did you ever expect, like, from then to now that you would be owning your own fashion company? No, no, no. Um, I still don't. It's still, like, we'll see where it goes. I'm obviously, I'm very serious about it, and I hope that it will grow into, like, a real fashion company and a clothing line, but still feels really early to right. be all proud about it. But. Yeah, of course. But I no, I had no idea that it would happen. It's just funny. It's like a full circle. Yeah. What do you? What is your long term vision for Teddy Fresh? Um, I hope that it can be like a serious brand, you know, that people know about and they know the vibe of it, and and it's got its own following, mm. and. I hope to be able to make like cool, uh, kind of like high quality stuff, but mm. for not that expensive. Like, I feel like you don't have that many options. Like, you have the H and M and Zara and Urban Outfitters, and then you have the super expensive stuff like Gucci and right. stuff no <laughs> no one can afford. Right, and there's not a lot in between. It's strange, but I found that. It's very strange that that's the case. Yeah, and... Like, really highly designed, really beautiful, high-concept clothing that's well-made that doesn't cost a $1,000 per garment. Mm-hmm. And I just, yeah, I just hope that I can create something that's a little different. Because mm. I always feel like in my drawings I have a certain different vibe mm. that I I think it would be cool if I can translate it into clothing. Well, I'm, pr- I, dude, it's crazy. I'm so proud of you. Like, <laughs> thank you. Just to gush for a minute. It's insane, like, how much, uh, how much work you've put into this and how much focus just on this first collection, on making a business. You have to have lawyers do copywriting on your logo and trademarking. You have to find manufacturers, designers, like, the amount of work and focus that you put into this. Is, is insane. It's really difficult and really time consuming. What's uh what like what's going on behind the scenes that you think people don't realize is so hard about running a clothing company or starting one? Um the mostly the the fact that the whole process takes so long. Mm. It takes so long. Uh the manufacturers, you know, it takes a few days to make a, not a few, it takes maybe a few weeks to make a sample. And then if you want a certain custom fabric, they have to source the fabric. They have to do lab dips to the certain color that you want. Mm. And if you want a certain zipper and, a certain, you know, everything is like they need to source it. And it just really takes a long time. Mm. And And also it's not that cheap. At least starting because I don't order that many pieces. It's not like you don't get ta- crazy it's, price. It's price. not in the thousands. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I don't get those crazy prices. Mm. So it's just uh, you gotta have patience, I guess. Where like I design it and I just want to see it already, but I have to wait months in between. That's shocked me too. Yeah. Like if you, like, uh, you're trying to make a collection for winter. And it's going to be like, 
like what's going on with that collection like tell me about it i was hoping to have it before christmas like in december mm -hmm. and it's already looking like there's no way that's happening uh so we're really trying to push to have it in january mm -hmm. and like we're really pushing everyone and <coughs> uh, so i'm hoping we can get it in january because i'm i've designed winter clothes i don't want it to come too late and then miss the winter right so it's a lot of like coordinating of that stuff and then once it's ready they need to ship it and then there could be problems with the shipment like on our last batch of the first drop mm -hmm. there was water damage right of a bunch of boxes that they had to redo yeah and then the shipment there was there were delays it's like a lot of logistics and coordinating and in, in the same time, you already have to start working on spring. Yeah. Because it takes so long. It takes like four months from concept at to least. selling. Like at it, least. Yeah. It's crazy. You you said it's almost like by the time you actually get to sell it, you almost don't even care about it anymore. Yeah. Because you're, you're already weird. in the future working on new mm -hmm. shit. It's really weird. I feel different now when I see the... Yeah, when I see the clothes, because I'm already, like, shifted my focus, like, two collections next. Mm -hmm. I'll say, though, that winter collection is so sick, dude. <laughs> I love everything on it. That's I'm, cool. I'm really excited. I can't wait. Cool. Sick, bro. Tell me, uh, what does Teddy Fresh mean? How, uh, uh, what, what does, uh, uh, did you, do you make the designs yourself? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> um I I like to draw it by hand. I don't know Illustrator very well. I'm more of a Photoshop person. Mm -hmm. And but I don't like drawing digitally. I just like the paper and markers and pens. <laughs> I love your sketches. I wish I hope we can share those someday. Oh yeah. I should, we should do that. Bring it. So I like to actually draw the clothes and that's how I design it. <laughs> Very cool. But certainly someday you're going to have, probably, you're going to need designers if you want to build mm. it into a big brand. Yeah. Hopefully I can understand myself what's the concept of this brand so that I can explain it to other people mm -hmm. and we can collaborate. Right. That's cool. I guess eventually you would just be kind of the taste. You'd mm. be the judge at the top who says, this represents my yeah. taste. But it's awesome that you're in the trenches doing all that shit now so that you understand how the company works. Yeah. Eventually when you're not doing all the designs by mm -hmm. hand. Um, you asked what's the Teddy Fresh? What does Teddy Fresh mean? Um, I just wanted something like... Uh, like I like to do stuff that's like a little childish, but also not. Like the contrast of like... Um, I don't know. It's a little teddy bear. And I just, we actually thought about the name together. Mm -hmm. I made all kinds of sketches for the teddy bear. That's actually the shirt, the, the shirt that has all the Teds all Ted over all it. Over. Oh, was that all the... Those were all my attempts at making the logo. That's awesome. And I just, uh, I ended up drawing this one and you liked it too. Yeah, it's great. I love the logo so much. At first, we weren't really sure on the name, but it really, like, it's settled. Mm -hmm. I like it. I like it for sure. <laughs> Steady fresh, dude. Forget about it. But I, I always see you looking at, like, kids' clothing. 
mm-hmm. as like your big inspiration. Yeah, I love it. You guys should look at kids' clothing. That shit is insane. <laughs> they, they get such cool stuff. And then if you want to find it for adults, you only find it like Gucci. And it's $600. It yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. How are these kids getting a pass? You have like this insanely designed, beautifully made jacket that only like three-year-olds can wear <laughs> or like five-year-olds. And it's like 50 bucks. How do they do that? I guess it's not a lot of material, but still the design is really high level. I guess it's just not that common for adults to be interested in it. So it becomes niche. That's so. the thing. The designers, they feel like they have this license to be creative and wild because it's a kid. It's yeah. playful, right? Mm-hmm. But it's actually amazing clothing. And I feel like that design eye is just gone in adults. But it's like you said, in Gucci, that's where you see it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, let's, let's bring it back. I guess that's your <laughs> thesis of Teddy Fresh. Kind of, yeah. Cool. I I like uh, I've always liked contrast. Like, take something childish and mix it with something that's not, mm-hmm. or things like that. Mm-hmm. When I did art too. <coughs> I was gonna say, um, you have a really wonderful, colorful, unique art style that a lot of people are really appreciative of. I feel like. Um, who are your inspirations in art where do you where do you think you got that style from that taste i people always ask me that i don't really have like artists that i really follow or that inspire me that much Mm. there's some that i like but i i'm not like an avid follower of anyone um I think you that told, you told me the other day we were walking through the museum in San Diego art and you said art is dead. Yeah. What did you mean? The whole experience of walking into a museum, it's so sterile and you have to be quiet and you have to be like you have to look at a painting that doesn't mean anything and you have to be like, Oh, I get it. Right. When you don't mm-hmm. and it costs millions and you have no idea why. And I just don't get the whole I think it's so old. Was it at one point interesting? What happened to art? It was, yeah. Um, it always changes. And there was the realistic kind of drawing that was huge, you know, and then... Like was, back, back, back yeah. in the day. Yeah. And then there was a modern art that kind of took it and like completely broke it. Mm-hmm. It's. It, I mean, there were a lot of steps in between. Sure. But I think like uh, when Jackson Pollock happened... That started that whole like abstract, which was more of a commentary on the art that it proceeded. Yeah, and Pe- at the, yeah, at the time it was va- valid commentary. Yeah, but I feel like uh, today I, it kind of created a lot of like lazy art mm. that is just it's just like not much, and it's a and. They also like they're also full of themselves in art. Mm. And, like there the, was this the one scene. F- there was this famous. Um, <laughs> there was this huge thing, ready-made art, mm-hmm. and <laughs> like all these different art paradigms, like you were saying, ultra-realism, yeah, impressionism, whatever. Yeah. They all are an interesting Cu- commentary, cubism, yeah. cubism, and so in that in that mo- it's easy to look back and be like, oh, that's not that interesting, but in the time, it was important. And that's and so there was ready-made art that was important when it happened. Like this one guy yeah, with Duchamp. the urinal, mm-hmm. and that was like what? What year was that from? 
I actually don't know the year. Fifties. Um, can look it up, Marcel Duchamp. But <laughs> when he made it, it was like he took a urinal that he just bought from like a Home Depot right. kind of store, and he put it in the museum and said, "This is art." Nineteen seventeen, Ian said. That was a hundred years ago. That's crazy. And back then, that was a that was like brilliant, really? right? That's crazy. <laughs> it was like a parody. It was a satire. It was self aware. Yeah. And since then, I feel like people are like, oh, ready-made art. They, like, miss the whole point. And they're just putting random shit. Mm-hmm. This is really popular still. Put random shit. Call it art. And it's like, dude, you missed the point. The urinal was the joke. And that was 100 years ago. Yeah. And it's like you walk through museums and it's just it's time capsules that doesn't mean anything to anyone anymore. Yeah. And there's nothing interesting happening. And when I when I went to art school, they kind of teach you this like, they kind of it's I kind of see it as a cult. They have mm. like this way of living that you're supposed to follow, where you need to be obsessed with art galleries, and every week there's art openings, and you're supposed to be going to all of them, right? And be following all that stuff, and like you got to be miserable. <laughs> I remember one of your teachers saying something to you about our relationship. Yeah. What'd she say? She said she doesn't think you can make art while being in a happy relationship. Like she Fuck you. It's a contradiction. Maybe in your life you said <laughs> miserable um, I just find it all funny. I don't... That really pissed me off, by the way. Yeah. When you told me she said that. I was like, who the fuck? You Sorry, your life sucks. So does your art, probably. And a funny fact about her, we had two courses in a year. Yeah. The second one, she just didn't show up. Yeah, she's miserable. She's off being miserable somewhere. <laughs> Um, I just, uh, don't, don't relate to the art scene anymore. I don't know if I ever did. I like art in a way, but <coughs> I don't really like the art scene. And so when, when we go to a museum, I really don't like the experience. It's yeah. so boring. It's just old. Like we're living in this dig- this wonderful digital age. I feel like any interesting art now needs to be interactive in some way. It needs to be playful. It needs to be colorful. It needs to be stimulating and fun. There's nothing that will excite any human on this earth about a painting on a wall. That's like, it's just, it's just doesn't do anything anymore. Yeah. At one point it did. But I think your description of it being like a cult is really accurate because it's like everyone walks around like, oh yeah, art, let's go to the museum. And meanwhile, you know, everyone is like this, I would, this is awful. I hate it. Mm -hmm. What was that great Kurvonaget quote about art? Remember that? Something about like art is just a conspiracy between the rich. Yeah, to make the poor people feel dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God bless Kurt Vonnegut. Um, I also, I when people always ask me about inspiration, I just don't really, I don't really see it that way. Like if I look at a bunch of stuff, it's interesting and it's good to know what's going on, good to know the history and all that. But when I draw, I try to like, I actually don't look at anything. Hmm. I don't like... You specifically don't want outside. No. I feel like it's distracting. Hmm. And it's exhausting me. If I go to... If I see something that I like, it's actually exhausting. It's like, I don't... I can never make that. Hmm. It's kind of like depressing me. Interesting. So I don't even like it. I don't... I just... If I draw, I'm just gonna put on music and just not look at anything. Hmm. Do you have favorite artists today who are making modern, um, I would even call it postmodern, I don't know. Uh, there's today. some famous artists that I 
do like, like uh, Takashi Murakami. I want to pull up some of their art because if you like them, then they must be amazing. How do you spell that? Takashi Murakami. Here, I got it. Murakami. Let's see. So these, look at this. This shit is insane. Yeah. And when he wow. does an exhibition, I've never been to his exhibitions, but when he does one, it's like the whole space is designed. You're basically entering a world. Yeah. Here he is. And this shit is crazy, dude. Look at the fuck. That is so nuts. It's like anime. It's really awesome. I just like reduced this incredible he has, art. No, he does. He's a, he does do stuff with anime. If you type sculpture, he has a very famous really sculpture of like an anime creature, sculpture. girl, with you'll see. Uh, oh, this one here. Stuff like that. Oh my god! Yeah. I can't show that. <laughs> what the it's, fuck was that? It's art. You can show <laughs> it. Oh yeah, it's art. We can show that. Yeah. Get off my back, Twitch. <laughs> Dan, blur that. Put a blur over that, please. And another one is... Yeah. But can I just describe it? It's Goku with a lasso jerking off a massive erection. So. But, Dan, for, <laughs> for real, blur that. I know it's art, so get off my back, YouTube and Twitch. But, Dan, just to be safe, because I respect them and our audience, blur that. Another one is uh, Yayoi Kusama. Kusama? Isn't that mean, like... Kusamic? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like vagina in Hebrew. <laughs> no, it's like... Uh, it's a curse. Not vagina. Oh, Kus is the <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I know Hebrew. I know all the good words. What's their name? Y A Y. Y A Y. Uh, is that it? The first one. Okay. Oh shit. Yeah, this lady's nuts. Look at this installation. Like this is art. Like you walk into a museum that looks like this, you're like, oh all right, man. I'm 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 experiencing something. That outfit, by the way. So I like them. Okay. I see why. No, I definitely see why. Look at this lady. Shit's crazy. What even is this? Look at this. <laughs> this is like an installation with mirrors and yeah. just like Infinity glowing mirrors. pumpkins or something. Yeah. Wow. Cool. I can tell I definitely see what what you see in this. Wow, this is insane. They're both very famous by now, very established artists. Look at this. Another infinity infinity mirror. So is this an installation? Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Nice. Good taste. Um, what's your favorite video we've made on H3 and on Ethan and Ela? Or do you have one in particular that you really love? Mm. Uh, I guess, like, the obvious one is Vape Nation. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the modern art I like. Yeah, that was a lot of fun making. Uh, the, For obvious reasons. Yeah. As we just spoken about. The 90s boy band. Yes. I almost got killed making that one. Yeah. Ela likes the ones where I'm most humiliated, <laughs> essentially. I'm right there with you. Yeah, but... you're there. <laughs> On Ethan and Ela, I like the water park video. The summer look. One. It's definitely my favorite. I love that video. I also enjoyed making the black challenge or whatever we oh, yeah. called it, where yeah. we just uh, bought black products. Like, it didn't even make any sense. And we just... Uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. It kind of sucks. I miss those videos. I feel like on H3, if we put those videos up now, people wouldn't be receptive. And we just don't really have the energy to make 
those videos just to put on Ethan and Ella. You know? Yeah. It's weird we combined the channels, and now I kind of feel like if we... Like, we would have to split it again if we made those videos. It's Sucks. weird. It's annoying. <laughs> like, we were going to shoot a dumb products video. We're basically like those ones we used to make. Yeah. And we're just like, oh, I don't know if we can post this on H3. Like, everyone's going to get angry. They're not going to like it. It's frustrating. Um, how was the experience of making Ethan and Ela videos and being on, and then all of a sudden being in front of the camera every day for a long time? Uh, it's, it's good. It's, uh, it's not easy for me, but it's kind of like therapy in a way. It's something that I, I like to improve. Mm. So it's kind of good. Mm. What is it like, uh, it's, I, f cause I feel like sometimes you just need to push yourself through right. whatever is difficult. Yeah. Even when I draw, when I sit to draw, it would take me maybe like an hour to just start to actually draw. Mm. Once I get into it, I will enjoy it, but I don't know why there's like all these feelings of like, oh, I don't want to do this. Let me but, just check yeah. my email and put this aside and right. let me do something else before I start. Do you feel like you're less shy or do you just power through it? Because you're like, I have to do this. I guess it's kind of both. Hmm. I maybe am less shy, but I also power through it if I feel nervous. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I guess finally, I'll wrap it up here with one last question. You're inside the H3H3 behind the scenes of what's going on there. What are some challenges that people don't see? Is there something that you wish people knew or understood about H3 or what goes on there with making videos? What is it people don't see that you wish they understood? Is I don't know. It's kind of a broad question. Mm. What's something maybe that just people don't know about H3 that is fucking <laughs> dope? Not sure. Um, I guess uh, I, it's, it's sometimes the... Like, for example, now that we haven't posted a lot... Um, I feel like maybe people don't know how much we are actually thinking about it all the time mm. and are concerned about it. Mm. Maybe they think we're just like, oh, let's just go hang out at the pool and not post anything for two weeks. Mm. But we're actually like stressed about the <laughs> fact that we're not posting for two weeks. And meanwhile, working on other and it's shit. Not, it's not because of our decision not to post. It's sometimes just, it becomes sometimes difficult to make videos and... You do it for so long and you, you start changing mm. and then maybe you need to change the content or not. It just becomes kind of, there's like periods where yeah. it kind of like becomes a... We've been through like three periods where yeah. it was super, super hard to make content. And I feel like we're in one now. Mm -hmm. And besides that, we're super busy with all this other stuff with yeah. like the podcast, your fashion company, something else that's going on that we can't talk about, but it's really big. Yeah. And so, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to know if it's that, all that stuff, or if we're just in a phase. It's so, it's tough, man. It's hard. And I feel, and I also simultaneously feel like we're betraying, in a way, <laughs> our fans who, are, who really do want. Like, when we walk outside and people are super nice and they say how they love our videos and stuff, and it's like, man, I want to make videos for those guys. 
but it's so mm-hmm. sometimes it's so hard. I don't know why. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> well, fuck me, dude. We're out. In other words, we're out here. We're trying. <laughs> Just be patient with us. All right. Well, Hila, <laughs> I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for muscling through that. I know it's not easy for you. Thank you. <laughs> it must have been very challenging. And by the way, it's almost been two hours. Really? Two hours wow. your ass has been talking about shit. That's crazy. That's pretty. Uh, I'm. <laughs> so I give it up. I tip my beanie to you. Um, appreciate you. Thank you for everyone watching and being interested in what I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you're 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 the best. Um, we don't have a guest next week, but we're working on. It. I think possibly Post Malone will be here next week. Not a hundred percent certain, so I don't want to pen that in. But we're working on that and a couple other cool guests coming up. Um, thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks, as always, for spending your day with us and, and yeah. uh, coming along on a, this wild booth. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks, Eli. I really appreciate you coming and muscling through. Thank That's you. Great. God bless you. <laughs> and um, listen, you guys are just great. Love you a lot. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye.